Welcome another episode, Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about, we had an episode a long time ago about 84 Donruss baseball. We're going to do 85 Donruss, but actually the leaf, the Donruss leaf version, the Canadian version of that baseball product, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, it followed after the great success of 84 Donruss, but thanks sponsors, the uh, Canadian Tops and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com. I guess the last few of those all could have, there's plenty of Donruss Leaf cards on ComC. There's plenty in Beckett Marketplace. They're grading uh, a few of the better. There's some really good rookies there and black borders make it uh, condition sensitive. The card shops would handle those, although there'd be less of those than the American counterpart. And even Panini would be able to. And Panini would be able to replicate in some sense or, to, yes. or nostalgically. They still use the Donruss name. Yeah. So even that has some relation to Panini. Yeah. What what's your memory? Do, you, do we want to go back all the way to eighty five? Yeah, let's go all the way to eighty five. What do you think about that? Again, thanks sponsors and thanks Rich for being here. Rich, you were you were a serious collector in eighty five. As I, I was, was. I, I had, really the company had, was going and we had the magazine and I had almost evolved and I was more of a dealer than a collector. But there was a big thing when there was a big thing when eighty five Donruss Leaf came out. It was, in a way, the first important non-base Donruss set of the eighties. I, I know they did like Action All Stars oversized set and they did Hall of Fame Heroes and. But those were oversized. So you're well, saying there was an 83, that, I think you think 80, that was licensing oriented? Because all these other sets pre-85 were all three by five or three Well, by five. the 83, I think Hall of Fame Heroes was a normal. Okay. 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 But I think what it was is the hobbies expanding. Donruss Leaf at the time, Donruss was the only company that was actually sending people to the national in those days. Yeah. They were the most hobby sufficient company out there. And they were on a winning streak with the 84 Donruss. That had to be, again, it was, they were, it wasn't just that they didn't short print it. But it was just the demand kicked up. So there wasn't a lot of it laying around. There wasn't enough to go around when it was perceived to be the better of the three sets. And 85 Donruss was pretty good too. It started out good. Yeah. And it never, it's always been the best of the 385 sets. Fleer is a really tougher set. Tops is a really good set, but 85 Donruss has always been of the three the best. And it's funny because there's a couple errors in 85 Donruss yeah. that they correct in the factory set, but I believe are also corrected in 85 Donruss Leaf, which is the Terry Pendleton error where they called him Jeff. Right. And the Tom Seaver error where he was Floyd Bannister and how they missed that in 85 was yeah. beyond me. And then th that was correct in the factory sets, but it was also corrected in Donruss Leaf. But you had good rookies in 85. Not all the rookies of 85 are in the Leaf set, but enough where they're still good. Plus they had, you know, a couple special cards. They had the special Toronto and Montreal, like diamond hero card and Dave Steve and Tim Raines. Okay. But one of the things going back to the history and the rookie card phenomenon, which was really obviously taking hold there. It's interesting that the three key rookie cards in the 85 Donruss Leaf being Clemens and Puckett okay. and good. good. They all had extended rookies from the traded and extended sets of Tops and Fleer. And so did that take a little luster off their 85 rookie experience? Not really. Or were they still, I think in those days it was still considered the rookie card was was the card that was issued in wax. Because especially because the 84 Fleer update was pretty limited. Yeah, yeah. And so the 85 cards but, yeah. okay. were very popular because the hobby was just taking off. It's like having they cards. They wanted more sustenance. They <laughs> wanted more. Okay, why doesn't Dave Steve get more recognition? He was one of the best pitchers of the 80s. He was. And I, I just don't think his career lasted quite long enough. I think he has about a 10 to 12, but he does. If he won 20 games instead of 15 each year during the 80s, I think he has 150, 160 wins in the 80s. But if he has 200 wins, 
he ends up more like a catfish hunter. Then this way he's ending up more like a Wes Farrell, a guy from the 30s who, and his skill set is remarkably similar to Wes Farrell. Dave Steve was an outfielder in college. He would have been a good hitter in the National League. Right, right. Wes Farrell has the record for most homers by a pitcher, and with the way the base is going, nobody will ever catch that one. Well, it's, it could be defunct. Though. That's nobody what I meant. No pitcher hit. hitting anymore. But, okay, then the fourth rookie that I think is Tim's, one of Tim Getch's guys, Oral Hershiser. So Oral has a rookie card in the Donner sleeve, and that to me that probably is the fourth best rookie card there. And again, that is his first card, but why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Oral, you, get, you got to fast forward it. You got to, five extra years of Steve. So then Oral kind of had a, not necessarily a 10 year, he actually had a six or seven or eight year really outstanding streak. And then he got injured and then he came back and he wasn't great, but his career numbers are decent and his peaks were stellar. Oral basically willed to some extent the Dodgers to the 86 world championship. Those 59 and two thirds innings of of scoreless baseball where he's pitching basically complete games. Then he's a monster in the playoffs in the world series. He was just. On a different level at that point. It was unhittable. Yeah. To think that somebody's going to be unhittable for 59 plus innings is when you just accidentally get your bat on the ball. Of course, I don't know that I could accidentally get my bat on the ball if somebody, a major league pitcher was, but you'd think he'd just swing, but I think he had location, he had movement, and he had a grit. He had a lot of grit. He was, and that's the thing, a lot of these pitchers, and Dave Steve was one, Oral Hershiser was one, Greg Maddox is definitely one. They're really smart guys right. and good athletes. Good and hitters. Good hitters. And good fielders. And good fielders. And they came up big in and the And by clutch. the way, Greg Maddox and Bob Gibson are the only two pitchers since World War II with 10 or more career stolen bases. No if you way. want an interesting trivia fact to really, I don't but that's know. how good Greg, that's how good Greg Maddox is. He stole 10, 10, 12 bases during his career. Again, wow. these guys that come up. And do things like that. And Steve probably could have done that with his background if he was in a hitter's league. Good point. Put him in the National League and he gets, he, he picks up another, uh, another benefit yes. to him. But okay. So I'm in 1985. I'm, I'm, I'm a kid or I'm a, an adult, whatever. And I've got uh, a few bucks. Do you advise me to buy Donruss Leaf or Donruss? I advise you to buy Donruss just because it's the, at 85, knowing what we know in 85, I advise you to buy Donruss because it's the more popularly traded set. Okay. So in 85, but uh, 10 bucks will buy you a box probably, right? Yeah. I think 20, maybe 10 for the leaf box. I think leaf boxes were a little bit cheaper. Plus they were a smaller set. So you get more of the set out of the box. So on that level, leaf is a better thing than Donruss. If you had 36 packs and there are 12 cards in each pack, plus some puzzle pieces, you ought to have not two sets, but at least one and a half yeah. of the Donner's Leaf. Which and also- yet, and yet now the Don in the OPG and the Beckett price guide has 50 bucks on both sets. Which would you rather have now? So we fast forward to 2020. Would you rather have a set of Donner's Leaf 85 or a set of Donner's 85? Admittedly, if, uh, two and a half times as many if cards. They're worth the same price. 50 I mean, I, bucks each. I take the Donner's Leaf set because there's less cards to deal with. And there's so less cards to deal with, and there's lower production. Yes, for sure. Probably less graded pop reports and all that, but you would be missing a chance at a Eric Davis. Yes. Who, or I, it's hard to estimate how hot he was yeah. in 85, 86, 87. Somewhere in there, he could do it all. I'm also missing a chance for John Morris. And that's a running joke I have. <laughs> okay. There's a friend of mine, long-term friend of mine in New Jersey named Steve Mandy, who has a store called Attack of the Baseball Cards. Steve's had some health issues in recent years. But when he posts something in Facebook, I always say, and I'll make sure I'll send you your John Morris cards because I met him because he was always looking for John Morris cards in 85 dollars. So that's like a signal that I'm following you and I'm paying attention. <laughs> and Steve, I hope you continue to get, I, I know you, I saw your Facebook post where hopefully by September 1st, you'll be back in the store. So we're all happy to see that, that for you. Be good. And 
I, I understand there's Eric Davis, and I, I was kidding about John Morris, but there's a lot of other rookies in 85 you're not going to get in Leaf. Some are, good, some are good players. You'll get Mike Pagliarulo, I believe, and Dan Pasqua. For the Yankees, there'll be other guys like that had some popularity. But Dan Pasqua, I believe, is 85, and that card took off like a shot in New York at the yeah. time. It was a $6 card in New Jersey. I have a question for you. Okay. 91, you listed OPG Premier in the Baseball Price Guide. Did you ever think in 85 of listing Donruss Leaf in the Beckett Baseball Monthly? I'm sure we considered it, but it was, uh, it, it was been, your decision. You, you were the show in those days. It, it, it would, it would have been a dangerous precedent. Yeah. And the other thing that we tried to consider is to try to be equitable in our distribution of price guide real estate, that we weren't showing favoritism to one company or another. And of course, again, fast forward a few years and all that went out the window because they were all trying to get as many listings as they could get to get more coverage for their products. But, I would suppose in the early days, the prices were pretty similar. Yeah. You know, that it's, and now I think there's a, a little bit of a premium for, for the Donruss leaf in deference to the uh, scarcity. And I don't see a lot. And, and if I go through and, and look at a collection, uh, you can see the little leaf there. Yeah. So it's, it looks interesting. I have one for you. Do you realize the other reason 85 Donruss leaf is so important? In addition to being the first really regular size active card set Donruss does in addition to their base set? I'm not sure. What? It's the precursor of them doing all these other oh, the, baseball's the, best the Halloween opening set day and, and the Halloween, Halloween set and even Donruss rookies. So it was alternative uh, distribution, you're saying? Not necessarily kind of? alternative distribution, but a way to get more of your product out to dealers right. and to get more shelf space. To get more shelf space. Okay. Basically, my recollection is that it wasn't like, I don't remember any American dealers in the 70s and 80s actively being involved with any OPG product for baseball. But the Donruss Leaf 85, I think, Amer- you know, that the, on the American side, it wasn't just in Canada. I think it was made available to people that wanted it. It was more available in America than it was yeah. in Canada, and yeah. it continued that way through the last Donruss Leaf product in 88. Yeah. And so if you're, uh, one of the challenges, if you bought a, if you had an unopened box right now of 85 Donruss Leaf, uh, I don't know, I think, I think somebody, the, the wisdom now has flipped to where it might be better to just keep it as an unopened box. Part of you would want to keep get it, it certifiably sealed and sell it. Here's the other thing. If you're comfortable grading cards, and it's a brand new box that's been... But that's for the next guy, okay. I think. Because for me, I've thought about that and I thought, wait a minute. If I submit to BGS, I'm not going to get them back for a long time. And it, that, that's what people have to deal with. If I was going to get them back in a month, then I would say, yeah, let's bust them. And I'm going to submit the ones that are really well-centered. They're untouched. But they're not all tens. I, I, I hope that people understand that just because a card is mint out of the pack, actually mint is not ten. Mint is nine. Yes. And so that's a rude awakening. If you bought a, okay, I got a trivia question for you. Do you think there are more when they were produced? Do you think there are more eighty-five Donruss leaf um, wax boxes produced or eighty-six, eighty-seven Fleer basketball? Eighty-five leaf never got reduced, but I probably think there was probably equidistant on those. I, I'd be hard, the over/under. I, I I wouldn't know which way to bet. Yeah, so that's I, what I'm, I'm saying. Probably, yeah. But it just shows for every. But frankly, more for an eighty-five Clemens, eighty-five Donner's leaf Clemens, which would probably be the top, or yeah. Clemens or Puckett, but probably Clemens is a level ahead of Puckett. So Clemens, are there more of them out there than there are eighty-six, uh, eighty-seven, eighty-eight Fleer? Rookie cards? I don't think so. But here's the other thing. If you have a but Jordan, if, if you're looking at pop reports, I guarantee you there's going to be more Jordans yeah. than there are Clemens. On the pop reports, it's got to be no contest. Right. But 
So that might suggest there's more of those. And if that's the case, then 85 Donruss Leaf is is probably an interesting, uh, even more interesting set. And it's an interesting But thing. it's not overproduced no. in an era where there were a lot of, uh, of overproduction. It's just before the real cusp of what I call the overproduced era. Yeah. 86. Yeah. I, I mean, use 86. 85 was better than 86. I use 86, 86 to 96. better than 87. I use 86 to 94. And then past 87, era. I don't know that yeah. it mattered that much. Which is unfortunate, but and again, people say, what was going on there? They were producing a lot, but it wasn't very expensive. It wasn't like the, and nowadays, the cards are just going up in value. You also had no autographs you had to get. You right. didn't have to get relic pieces. You didn't have to get jerseys or bats or cleats or anything else to yeah. put on the card. You just made the card. Your biggest expense was the photos. And you were already using the photos, so you didn't have really an expense on the photos. Maybe one or two right. photos, and that was it you had to buy. A, a, a group deal, yeah. And the Donner's Leaf with the 200 and whatever, 264 right. cards of which it's the same artwork. My guess is it wasn't like Leaf, like OPG was a separate company. Yes. And so there was a license deal. Donner's Leaf was just a brand within Donner's. Or actually, I think the company was called Leaf. Anyway, uh, a tie into the uh, original Leaf so from back in the 40s. Thanks, Rich. We're, that's the end of our time. Uh, thanks for reminiscing about uh, 1985 Donner's Leaf. Uh, great baseball set, still very attractive, very collectible, and a worthy set and product for us to reminisce about. So thanks, collectors. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode.